Well, moving on to our discussion, the one that we had uh, delayed from, you know, from 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 yesterday, in fact, and that is the state of the dropout level in amongst first years in South Africa's tertiary institutions, not just universities and colleges, but even, you know, vocational institutions, places that uh, skills train, dropout levels have always unfortunately been at an, you know, at an unacceptably high level. So the South African higher education system grapples with these challenges, and amongst these challenges are, in fact, the dropout rates, especially amongst first-year students. I mean, anybody will tell you uh, who graduated through the system that we probably started with a class full. There was hardly enough place to breathe, leave alone to move around there. But by the time it was second year, third year, well, more and more familiar faces or regular faces seem not to be there amongst the crowd. And this is according to Dr. Ansela Nyaranglovu, the director of the South African National Research Center for the First Year Experience and Students in Transition, or SANRC. The DHET-funded National Center is based in UJ and uh, advocates for the targeted efforts aimed at implementing effective inventions to elevate student retention and success rates. We welcome Dr. Niar Indlovo on a line with us. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning, Jeanette. And thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, uh, Doctor, let, let's first talk about the levels of dropout or the dropout rates amongst first-year students. And this is not, of course, uh, an exclusive UJ discussion. This, this statistic can probably be found you know, across the country for that matter, as I alluded to in our uh, introduction over there. What's the reason why? I mean, is it the impact of the work? Is it funding? Is it, well, the pressures of a new environment? Or, or, or talk to us, doctor, why are we still, why are we grappling with this issue? You described the situation really well, Jeanette. This problem of low, what we call low throughput, the problem of students not passing or taking a very long time to pass through the higher education system, it's a long-standing issue for South Africa. Our students are just not getting to the graduation stage as fast as they should be. Now, our data continues to show this. Young people who enter the higher education system, they're not graduating in minimum time, which is three years. Now, this is true of both contact and distant modes of education. Also, on account of the pandemic, now there's some evidence to indicate that throughput rates at certain of our rural-based universities also appear to have declined even further on account of the pandemic. So this is a very difficult situation. It's an issue that's been of concern to us um, for, for a very long time. We set up the center to try to address these issues um, because as you rightly say, university can be, it can be a rough transition for students. Now our work is about trying to support this transition to university life so that our students can receive as soft a landing as possible. So the majority of our students, they come to university without the necessary ability to navigate all these complexities, the hardships of university life, they sometimes harbor what I call unrealistic expectations of, of university, what they need to do to make it, so to speak. They make decisions about their courses, about degrees in uninformed ways, or sometimes even just in panic mode. Um, you know, career counseling in high school sometimes doesn't do justice to the needs of students. We also have our cohort of first-generation students, that is those students whose parents didn't attend university. Um, so they are 
you know, they lack what we call cultural capital, the the networks, the connections, the guidance, the resources that could give them a fair chance of succeeding at university. Now, our work is about creating awareness of the importance of the first year. This mm. first year is of crucial importance. The first year is where students are set up for success in their journey through higher education. Here, they learn the study habits, the academic behaviors that predispose them towards success. And it's such a huge pressure point. But unfortunately, this is also the space where students tend to drop out here. We lose them. They fall through the cracks. So we really see it as important that attention and support has to be given to students in this first year so that universities can stop them from falling out of the system. Dr. Ansela, I mean, we'll come to your work and the, you know, the, the efforts uh, that uh, you and your, your team have put in and how it can be well replicated across other systems as well. But, you know, it has always been the traditional attitude, should I say, or modus operandi of, uh, of tertiary institutions like universities that, you know what, you're an adult, you're an independent individual. Fine, you know, you come from challenged backgrounds, but that's, you know, not really our concern. Unlike the, the primary school or even the secondary school system that where there is that, uh, you know, that, that, that attention, there's an, a, that, that extra, uh, you know, attention, attention given to the retention of the student itself, so, sort of like that, um, you know, maternal love ever so once in a while that one can remember from their primary school days. But, but it has been traditionally the attitude of universities. And I would say this is a, a global issue that we put the tools in front of you. Um, you. You like it, you stay, you don't like it, you, you, you leave. And, you know, uh, attempting to retain students, uh, giving them that support, I mean, this, this, this is something that uh, it may be a long time coming, but it's not something that university design, in fact, noted for. I mean, is that the case, Dr. Ansela? Look, what you describe is something that we, it's a mindset we're trying to change. We really want not just the universities, but everyone really, the parents of our first-year students, um, the employers who eventually absorb um, our students when they graduate, civil society, we want everyone to understand what the first year means and that there are a number of hardships that are faced by students that really go unrecognized, not just by the universities, but by families as well. You know, for most 18-year-olds who are leaving school, leaving home, there's all these challenges of independent living. There's even the basic life tasks of waking up early, learning to cook, do your own laundry, manage your finances. We know those who are NISFAS, um, they often struggle, given that there have been so many problems with the administration of NISFAS grants. There's also the change from the learning style at high school. Now, in, in university, students have to learn to take notes. They have to study independently without the supervision of a, of a school teacher. For our students for whom English is a second language, they, they struggle to adapt. Um, and many find the culture of the institutional life of the university alienating in many ways. Now, this has been a wake-up call for our universities. Um, and I think over the last few decades, we've really seen some encouraging interventions by our universities, largely spearheaded by our own National Department of Higher Education and Training. Um, but also there have been some external funders as well, such as the Kresge Foundation based in the United States, where we're really trying to step up to the responsibilities of, of bringing new students into the high education system and introducing them. 
Um, you might know that there are there's now increased attention to um, academic advising. Um, there's um, enhanced counseling for students, the increasing use of digital platforms, some of which actually consult students um, about their needs. I think universities are stepping up in many ways. Uh, there might be some shortfalls in gaps to support services here and there, but in many ways, universities across the board are stepping up. Remember also that universities have to, um, they have to be concerned about issues of student performance and graduation rates because universities receive subsidies um, which are linked to student enrollment and graduation rates. So it's a win-win for everyone if, you know, universities can um, step up and, and, and show concern and support to students in the first year. Because if you succeed in the first year, it basically sets you up for success in your second year, your third year, um, and in your postgraduate studies. Dr. Ansina, I mean, give us some information of the National Resource Center for the first year experience, uh, the one that, of course, you are you are involved in. How would it work? I mean, how would you identify of a student population of, let's say, five to 7,000 enrolled students who may be at-risk individuals, uh, even though sometimes the academic marks could be fine, but this student here might be at a risk to, uh, you know, as a dropout, may not be retained the following year. What type of methods do you employ to now um, identify at-risk students uh, and, and, and give them the necessary attention? In terms of our work, we work, so we're a national center. Uh, we work with all 26 public universities in South Africa. And our job is really about providing knowledge, training, practical tools to help students transition through the higher education system. We have an annual conference. We have a program of research, series of webinars with all the universities. We have a collection of resources, um, both physically in a reading room at the University of Johannesburg, but also online on our website, sanrc.co.za. Um, anyone is free to go on there and, and look at our resources. We also have social media, a blog. We have a student query site where students can reach out to us. So through our research, we, we try to raise awareness about issues such as first-generation students, guidance for families of first-year students, teaching methods for first-year students, importance of orientation, good orientation practice. With regard to students that are what we call um, at risk, so there's a variety of methods um, across the board from all the different universities. I'm not really speaking on behalf of one university in particular, because as I say, our work spans all 26 of the universities. But there's a variety of methods that universities are using to make sure that we catch students, largely through what we call data analytics. Um, our, our staff are also largely attuned to um, those students who are at risk. Um, we, we look to identify those ones um, um, to see who might be um, at risk of falling out through poor attendance at class um, or, or poor, uh, poor grades. Um, it's, it's a mammoth task um, across mm. the board. But I think that, you know, by and large, slowly, step by step, I, I, I think that, you know, with all the, the, the sort of like various efforts that are put in place, 
I think there's been a, you know, um, a good effort to try and make sure that students, um, we try to retain students um, as far as possible. Dr. Nsela Nyarlovo, thank you so much for joining us with this uh, conversation this uh, morning and, uh, uh, you know, reporting back on this, <clears throat> this important intervention and have a good weekend ahead of you, doctor. Thank you so much.